Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Make sure to go to TimCast.com, click join us and become a member to support this podcast and all the work we do, and you'll get access to exclusive uncensored segments from TimCast IRL and way more. Now, let's jump into the first story. It would be an understatement to simply say that Democrats have already begun cheating to win the 2024 presidential election. And for a variety of reasons, they're going well beyond just trying to win. They're trying to imprison their opponents and their rivals. And they haven't just begun. They've been doing it for some time. The scale by which Democrats are cheating in the 2024 election is unprecedented in this country. But first, I must ask you, my friends, what is an election in this nation? Is it a peaceful autumn day where we all come together smiling and shaking hands and say, well, may the best man win? We enter our polling place, we cast our belts, then they're counted. And whether win or lose, we're good sports. And we say to our opponents, if we lose, better luck next time. Or I should say, to, if they, when we win, we tell the losing opponents, better luck next time. It's never been that way. It has always been contentious. It has always been, in many circumstances, dangerous, with powerful interests seeking to destroy their opponents. But never before in this country has it risen to the point where one faction is trying to not only win the power, but destroy, imprison, and strip the rights of their opponents. Ladies and gentlemen, we have breaking news. D.C. grand jury that, that handed up the 2020 election indictment against Trump is meeting again. The speculation is that they may try to bring more criminal charges against Donald Trump, but in all likelihood, they're now likely going after Trump's lawyers. Cheating is an understatement. Trump was receiving advice from counsel in 2020, which is permitted the challenging of an election, whether right or wrong, is allowed in this nation. The, the Constitution prescribes for it. Mike Pence stated recently in an interview, I mean, this is just the other day, that should he have rejected the votes in 2020, it would have been kicked back to Congress, to the House of Representatives, because there is a process by which an election is challenged. And we talked, we talked about it quite a bit. There were two potential scenarios. One, 
The electoral votes are rejected. They go back to the states. The state legislatures then decide. Now you can argue that's dirty. That's playing unfairly. The left argues that the, be- that, that the election took place fairly and securely. The right argues it did not. The left argues that the attempt to have Republican state legislatures determine the electoral votes would be cheating. I'm not saying I'm, I'm not coming here to say in this circumstance in 2020, you're right or wrong. I'm simply pointing out the divide, the conflict. And now where are we today? There is no simply questioning whether or not Trump is the right guy. They're trying to make it so you can't even vote for him. Mike Pence stated in this interview that he could have kicked it back to the House of Representatives. This is the second scenario. What could have happened there is that delegations from each state cast a vote and that determines who the president would be. Now, you can argue that it's all a dangerous game, but the idea that Trump should be criminally charged over any of this is laughable. It's insane. Many people believe the Supreme Court is going to kick this back. It's not going to happen. We will see. Alan Dershowitz, the famous lawyer, said that Trump will be convicted and the Supreme Court will overturn it. But now it appears with this reporting from CNN that they're going to go after Trump's lawyers. Yeah, the unindicted co-conspirators, they call them. If you worked for Trump and you said, here's how I think the law operates, they want to put you in prison. It's insane. But we've seen this encroachment quite a bit. The legal system is failing us. We just saw a police officer get five years in prison for simply standing next to other cops in the George Floyd incident. And now beyond this, we have another degree of cheating. The lawyers, the prosecutors who are trying to indict Donald Trump are trying to make it so he cannot speak about what they're doing. That's right. When Donald Trump should be campaigning and talking about the grave injustices of this of this administration. The prosecutors of his chief rival are saying, we're not going to let you speak. Cheating is an understatement. Here's the story from CNN. D.C. grand jury that handed up 2020 election indictment against Trump meets again. Federal grand jury reconvened on Tuesday for the first time since handing up an indictment last week against former President Donald Trump related to his efforts to overturn the 2020 election. CNN spotted grand jury members at the federal courthouse in Washington, an indication that the investigation into election interference is not over. The grand jury has been hearing evidence in special counsel Jack Smith's investigation into the aftermath of the election leading up to the January 6, 2021 attack on the U.S. Capitol for nearly a year in the Trump indictment. Prosecutors refer to six unnamed co-conspirators, raising questions about whether they also could face charges in the case. One of the co-conspirators identified by CNN is ex-Trump attorney Rudy Giuliani. On Monday, Bernie Carrick, a longtime Giuliani associate, who coordinated with him after the 2020 election, met with investigators at the special counsel's office. Carrick spoke with investigators about Giuliani's efforts to try to uncover election fraud in 2020, according to his attorney, Tim Parlatore. Prosecutors allege in the indictment that co-conspirator identified that the co-conspirator identified as Giuliani was willing to spread knowingly false claims about supposed election fraud. This is the, the premise of their entire argument that the arguments made by Giuliani, by Sidney Powell, etc., were knowingly false. How do you prove that? How do you prove that Giuliani knew something was false? It's impossible, quite literally. If I come to you and I say the sky is blue and you're blind, you can just say, I don't believe you. 
I don't believe you. And then what? I come out later and say, hey, he was informed this guy was blue. So he knew he was lying when he said it wasn't. Well, no, you cannot definitively see if someone comes to Trump and says this was fraud. Now, I think Trump is wrong in a lot of ways because some of these stories are outrageous and insane. But Trump says, hey, this is unfair. I don't believe when they say that I lost. How are you going to argue that he really did believe it? They're, They're saying things like Trump said, oh, that's crazy to some ideas or called someone crazy as if that proves Trump believed or didn't believe something. I got to tell you, you're going to be hard pressed to convince the average person that Trump thinks he lost. Seriously, you're, you, you, you ask the average person, do you think Donald Trump is arrogant? They'll say yes, even his supporters will. Do you think Donald Trump thinks everyone agrees he's the best? Yeah, he probably does. Think. I mean, he's got his haters, treasures, but you know, everybody agrees that he won. If you go to Donald Trump, and you ask him, do you think you won in 2020? He says, of course. Do you think in any way you could have lost? No. Do you think the Democrats think you won? Yes. Do you think the average Democrat voter thinks you won? Trump might say, yeah, probably they probably do. That's how much Trump really believes that he won. I think the reality of it is elections have never been this. We're all going to go in and vote and may the best man win. It's never been that way. And what happens in 2020 is judges, and executives in various states changed the rules, universal mail-in voting, mass ballot harvesting in states where it's allowed. And they have still weaponized this technique to defeat Republicans. The average Democrat voter has no idea what's going on, as evidenced by that very famous video of Bill Maher laughing at Dennis Prager when he said that they put tampons in men's bathrooms. Bill Maher was, <laughs> how unreasonable, good sir. And now where is Bill Maher? Sitting in his club random show going, Yeah, they're crazy. You see, that's the reality. You get ignorant voters who have no idea what's going on, and they'll vote for whatever you tell them to vote for. That's the exploit. Lock them in their homes, get them real angry, blame Donald Trump, then send people to their door with ballot in hand, and you will get those votes. If Republicans can't recognize that, then they will lose. But even Trump has now recognized it, finally coming out and saying, we need the largest ballot harvesting operation we've ever seen because now they're finally seeing the big picture. In the meantime, Democrats realize this. And without COVID and losing that advantage in universal mail-in voting, because Republicans are registering voters like crazy, thanks to Scott Pressler and others like him, they now know their only opportunity to cheat is to lock Trump up or gag him. So outside of going after his co-conspirators, I mean, his lawyers, they're attempting to silence Trump. All sides has the breakdown. Trump lawyers fight proposed uh, Trump lawyers fight proposed protective order. Lawyers for former President Donald Trump have submitted a court filing to oppose a proposed uh, proposed a protective order that they say would limit Trump's First Amendment rights. On Friday, special counsel Jack Smith asked U.S. District Judge Tanya Chutkin to issue a protective order that would limit Trump's ability to share evidence related to an upcoming trial. Smith is claiming that the Trump team is attempting to try the case in the media rather than in the courtroom. Quote, in a trial about First Amendment rights, the government seeks to restrict First Amendment rights. Trump's lawyers write in the filing. Worse, it does so against its administration's primary political opponent during an election season in which the administration, prominent party members and media allies have campaigned on the indictment and proliferated its false allegations. Trump is innocent until proven guilty. Therefore, his speech should not be curtailed, and he should be entitled to say whatever he wants. 
under the First Amendment. For context, last week, Trump was indicted on four counts, this we know. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. How the media covered it. Sources on the right noted that Trump's attorneys are claiming that Smith is trying to silence President Biden's top political opponent. That's a fact. Sources on the left noted that prosecutors are suggesting Trump's bombastic use of social media is a concern. Uh, I don't know what that means. Here's the featured coverage of this story. From the right National Review, Trump lawyers accuse Jack Smith of trying to silence Biden's top political opponent. Now, that's a fact statement outright. The National Review didn't say Biden is trying to silence Trump. I'll say that he is. They're saying Trump's lawyers have stated this, but his lawyers did. From the center, from Newsweek, Jack Smith tears into Trump's protective order counterproposal. That's left biased. I'm sorry. And from the left, Trump lawyers fight order that would limit what he can say about January 6th evidence. That's actually the centrist view. That's quite literally a fact statement about what Trump is doing. Now, I think all of these headlines actually are fairly good. And the one listed from Newsweek as the center is actually the one leaning to the left. But this is where we're currently at, ladies and gentlemen. The Democrats are cheating. I will say it again. They're cheating. I will say it a third time. Democrats are cheating to win this election. It's not the stupid. It's it's not the stupid conspiratorial way that people often argue. It is the legalistic manipulation. Here's why I call it cheating. Here's how it should go down. Here's how it would go down. Typically, the Democrats are going to ballot harvest. The Democrats are going to lie in the media. Yeah, we know that's how it goes. Everybody has an opinion. The right counters those opinions. The right then does their form of ballot harvesting, whatever it may be. There's mail in votes. And then, boy, is it contentious with with lawsuits and legal challenges. That is the battle. The Democrats don't think they can win on that front. So they're opting for outside the bounds tactics using the power of government to arrest their political opponents. That's cheating. They're trying to silence Donald Trump so he can't campaign. Cheating. Cheating. These are not methods by which they can convey an idea and earn a vote from an individual, be it deceptively or honestly. You can argue the Republicans lie too, but the game is, can we convince people to vote for us? The Democrats seek to subvert the whole system whether honorable or otherwise, by arresting and silencing Donald Trump. I'm sorry, that's cheating. Now, whether or not that's going to result in criminal charge or anything like that, I think the whole system is broken down to the point where, (laughs) who knows? But it's currently where we're at. 
Now we have this new poll. Post millennial reports, 70% of Democrats back Biden's DOJ indictment of Trump, 52% of of independents, and 69% of Republicans are opposed. Can we break down that number, ladies and gentlemen? This shows that the majority of people in this country oppose the indictment of Donald Trump. You can't even, there's 23% of Democrats who are opposed to this. Good for them. Good for them. The post millennial reports, a new poll has been revealed while the majority of Democrats approve of the indictments of frontrunner Donald Trump, the majority of Republicans and independent voters do not. The poll also found that the majority of voters believe the Supreme Court will rule the most recent indictment unconstitutional. Despite an overall majority, 51% supporting the indictment of Trump, a majority of voters said they believed the Supreme Court would rule the new indictment unconstitutional at 59%, which is interesting because that means there's 8% of people who are like, it's a good thing it happened, but it's going to get overturned anyway. I think that's, you know, I, I understand the position. Now, uh, a correction, I suppose. I said it appears the majority of people are opposed to the indictment. This actually goes on to say it's 51%. That would mean, I guess, that uh, there are more Democrats than Republicans, more Democrats than independent voters based on this study. I'm sorry, based on this poll. But if you've got 48% of independents, you've got 23% of Democrats and 70% of Republicans. I mean, I suppose you call it, you call it a coin toss, really. With the margin of error, this could swing either direction with it leaning towards people want, uh, supporting the indictment. 49% of Democrats said it was very likely or somewhat likely the Supreme Court would rule as such. 70% of Republicans and 59% of independents. When asked whether they agree with the statement, the new indictment of Trump could not be more political. It targets political speech and characterize it as criminal activity. 56% said they somewhat or strongly agree. Understand that. That there are people who agree it's a political indictment, but they don't care. They support it anyway. We have a malignant evil growing in this country, my friends. The majority of Democrats, 56%, said they did not agree with the statement. While the majority of Republicans, 78%, and independents at 56% agreed. They go on to mention when the, uh, the study was conducted, et cetera, et cetera. Well, we'll see, my friends. We'll see. In the meantime, it's not all clear cut for Donald Trump and for Democrats, there is a pushback on the other side. The House GOP is eyeing a fall push for Biden impeachment inquiry. Now, Kevin McCarthy makes an interesting point. I say impeach the man, but Kevin McCarthy is probably taking a strategic path. So I don't want to be too condescending and arrogant for the time being. It may not make sense to formally impeach Joe Biden just yet. There's tremendous opportunity in an inquiry and in waiting. If Kevin McCarthy were to come out right now and say we are bringing forth articles of impeachment on these grounds, well, it's summer of 2023. We're a year and a few months away from the election. The the political maximization of this would be to wait six, seven months. I'm not saying that's playing fair. That's politics. And it's nowhere near as dirty as trying to arrest your political opponent. They're just trying to basically say you're a bad dude because we know this. There won't be a conviction with the way the Senate is currently set up. However, some of the advantages outside of politics, if they go for an inquiry, then this empowers Congress. uh, It gives them subpoena power. They can then subpoena people like, say, I don't know, Ray Epps. Now, I really doubt that would be the case here. There'd be a flimsy grounds for such a thing, but they could they could start subpoenaing people and asking about a lot. 
Donald Trump in his criminal trial will have the ability to subpoena many people, including Ray Apps, and people are excited for that. But in this in this context, they can subpoena more like Hunter Biden, things like that. With these subpoenas, we can get to the bottom of what was going on with these shady business deals and whether or not they're currently still active. We have IRS whistleblowers saying currently it's pay to play and the Bidens are protected because Joe is the president. Now, that's impeachment right there. So there is an opportunity and an inquiry to dig up more information on what's going on and then get more out of potential impeachment or criminal charges which may arise from this. The other advantage, obviously, is by waiting. The impeachment may have a bigger impact when it comes to whether or not people are voting in a primary. But still, I have to wonder where all of this leads. How can this country survive the November 2024 and beyond if the tactics to win are outside of the electoral system? Extra electoral leadership. Yeah, I don't know what you'd call that. Now, the left screamed all day and night, well, mostly the liberals, I don't want to say all the left, that Donald Trump was illegitimate and the Russians did this, that or otherwise. Now you have prominent leftist personalities, outright socialists and communists who were proudly supporting Joe Biden. And that shows you that these people, I think, are crooked. Joe Biden is not an anti-fascist. Joe Biden likely is fascistic at the very least. So why would the anti-fascist type support the neoliberal corporate candidate who is as close to fascism as you can get? There's no real reason. Donald Trump, they accused of being a fascist and far right, but he's a bombastic Molotov cocktail of a man in this evil fascistic system they claim to hate. So why would they advocate for voting for the machine? Donald Trump's not the machine. Donald Trump may be bad, but he's not the machine. In their view, I'd say they can argue all of these things about Trump. But what? He's not the machine. If anything, he helps hurt the machine. He goes after them. He would fire them. Why are prominent leftist personalities advocating for you to vote for the machine? Because they're evil. Because they're liars. Because they're grifters. You know, look, I tell you to vote for Donald Trump for one reason, foreign policy. I guess there's some other reasons, too. You can argue about the economy being good pre-COVID. You can criticize Trump for all sorts of things, but peace in the Middle East, pretty good. Pretty good thing to vote for. And then in the end, there's only one thing I'm really relying on with the 2024 election, and that's Schedule F, firing the bureaucrats, purging these permanent actors in government. Fire them all. Fire them. Make them not want to work there. Get them to resign. But these leftist personalities support that machine. Because that's the game. The left, they can pretend to be revolutionary all they want, but they're not. Libertarians are way more revolutionary. Leftists pretend like they're outside the machine when they actually are the machine. They defend democratic positions when it comes to neoliberal policies of war and corporatism. And right now, for some reason, conservatives are aligned with more libertarian factions in opposition to these things. And you're getting a wave of post-liberals who are siding with conservatives, even though conservatives are pushing for policies many of these post-liberals don't agree with me. I lean towards the pro-choice, traditionally pro-choice, you know, some limitations at a certain amount of time, but the, but, but, you know, no government uh, uh, oversight to a certain degree when it comes to women within a certain time frame on abortion. 
It's not such an easy thing to break down in a few minutes. But my point is, I have a traditionally Democrat view of these things. Now the Democrats want limitless abortion, which is just straight up killing babies. Now, I get it. I get it. I don't want to ignite the whole abortion argument. But you get my point. How is it that post liberals are just saying, you know what, we'll take these guys. I'll tell you why. It's really simple. Where I stand in a moderate kind of left position on the political compass, meaning economic policy and cultural policy is slightly left of center. There are some and many positions where I'm probably more right of center. Hey, I'm a centrist. I see a bunch of conservatives standing a few feet to my right and the left. They're so far gone, I can barely see where they're at. So we end up voting for Trump. And these leftists who claim to be revolutionaries who want a revolutionary system are voting for the neoliberal corporate machine to empower it. That makes no sense. Unless they're liars and grifters. And that's where we're currently at. I can only say, my friends, expect escalation. I don't know what that means outside of the political space, but uh, I hope you're taking these things into consideration. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up at 4 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has a over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKSeedKits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. ArcSeedKits.com. An officer who is simply present during the George Floyd incident in Minneapolis has been sentenced to nearly five years. His name is Tao Tao. He's an ex-Minneapolis cop. He was holding back bystanders, saying that he acted as a human traffic cone. But it doesn't matter. He was actually sentenced to more time than prosecutors requested. Why? Because there is a malignant evil in this country that seeks to rip apart and destroy everything. (laughs) But you know what? I got one thing to say to all these people, these far leftists. Why don't you try that in a small town? Yeah, we all we all know that music video. Jason Aldean, try that in a small town. 26 million views in three weeks. Ha! I'd like to see that because then you'll be criminally charged for filming someone chasing a suspected robber, burglar, and uh, uh, then you'll go to prison for the rest of your life. That's funny, isn't it? I love this. Try that in a small town. Yeah, uh, maybe you should take a look at Michael Tracy's reporting about what happens when these people try it in a small town. Oh, they all got away with it. They ransacked businesses. They destroyed everything. People were begging, begging to be left alone. That's what happens when you try that in a small town. You get away with it. And now here we are, and we can see what's happening. You know, I'm reminded of, uh, uh, there was, there's a, uh, recently in the news, Vivek Ramaswamy is calling for revolution, and he's completely correct. He says the 1776 ideals, reform is not going to cut it. He's right. We are sitting by 
and we are watching everything crumble around us. Police don't do their jobs anymore, yet they go to prison when they do the, the bare minimum. And I started wondering, you know, am I going to have sympathy for these cops who choose to work in these places, in these Democrat run cities where criminals go free and you go to prison? The system has collapsed already. It is broken. And we need some kind of restructuring, rebuilding, not reforming. You can call it revolution, but I feel like revolution implies the intentional destruction of a system. I feel at this point, leftist forces and just social degradation, whether intentional or otherwise, has resulted in a collapse of the system. And it would be absurd to believe otherwise, for which we must now rebuild something better, perhaps utilizing the ideals of the founding fathers, 1776, etc. Right now, you have far leftists. They want communism. They're insane. Communism has never worked, never will work. It can't work because, well, you know, I take that back. It can work. Techno communism can work, right? If you take people and plug their brains into the machine and strip them of free will, congratulations. Now you can have your techno communism. But so long as human beings are allowed to have independent and free thought, you're not going to have communism. It's just not possible. So in the meantime, as we watch the system utterly and completely collapse, I have a series of stories for you to break all of this down. And ultimately, my conclusion is, just as we get started, we do need revolution. Vivek is correct. We need meritocratic, classically liberal revolution. That is to say, the system has become so corrupted over these past several generations that I don't think preserving it as it stands makes a whole lot of sense. And I think most of you would agree and that the initial assumption was we want to preserve those good values of the founding fathers. But those have long since passed. Some of them are still being held together by single threads. The Constitution is basically Swiss cheese. So if we were to bring these ideals back, in fact, it would be a revolution of the modern system to restore true meritocratic values. Let me show you this story. And we'll talk about the big news with Tao Tao going to prison for standing next to a car telling people to stay back. Oh, he's an accomplice now. Take a look at this. And, and his name is actually, it, it's, I think if you were to pronounce it correctly, it's like Tau Tau, you know, but I think in colloquial English, we just say Tau Tau. Uh, it's T-O-U-T-H-A-O is his name. I'm, I'm trying to be respectful and pronounce his name correctly. The fourth and final former Minneapolis cop has been sentenced to 57 months in prison for his role in the 2020 killing of George Floyd. The sentence handed uh, to Tau Tau 37 by the county judge was six months longer than the sentence proposed by Minneapolis prosecutors. I just love this. I love it so much. You are watching it happen all around you. The left loves it. I was hoping for a little more remorse, regret, acknowledgement of some responsibility and less preaching, Judge Peter Cahill said to Tau during sentencing on Monday. You know, I just want I want you guys to understand something. Okay. Whether figurative or literal, this judge is a demon sitting there with a smile. I think they got a picture of him. They got a picture of him in here with a smile on his face as this cop who is just standing there is going to jail for like basically five years. And this judge is like, you should have had more regret for being present somewhere. <laughs> like these people are abject evil. I feel that people like this judge, Peter Cahill, uh, I think he gets off on these these kinds of cases. You've got people who are in in, in this, these positions of power as judges 
who have longed for the ability to cause harm to others. They are psychotic. They are sociopathic. They seek not justice. They seek pain. They are possessed, figuratively or literally. There are a lot of people who believe it's a literal possession, that they're actually demons inhabiting these people's body, because how could someone be so remorseless and evil? Me, I just think people can be evil. So I say figuratively, this guy's possessed. But I've met many a leftist in my day. The, the right, you know, look, you go back 10 years or so, and there were many leftists who were good. You know, I, th I look at someone like Marianne Williamson. She's a good person. She's got bad ideas, but she's a good person. She has some good ideas. I'm not saying all her ideas. I'm saying she has some bad ideas she's proposed. I disagree with her, but I think she's a good person. I think she tries. I really do. Uh, I do not believe she's evil. I believe she's just wrong on some things. But there are many people that we would say are politically leftist that uh, for the most part, it's like, oh, they're, you know, they're OK. Like, you know, like uh, uh, Cal, uh, um, Cal Kalinske and Crystal Ball, I think, are great, honest, nice people. And uh, but they're they're very left. But the left right now attracts the abject evil because it has institutional power. And thus you will find people aiding and abetting the, mo the, the worst impulses of leftist whim like this. They say it comes three months after Tao, a nine year veteran of the force, was found guilty of aiding and abetting second degree manslaughter. Tao testified that he served as a human traffic cone when he held back concerned bystanders who gathered as fellow officer Derek Chauvin knelt on Floyd's neck. It's so obvious to anybody who pays attention that they're lying. We've seen the leaked body camera footage. We know exactly what's going on. What's happening right now in this country is that innocent people are being imprisoned. You know, I, 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 I met someone recently who's going to prison or uh, was convicted for being present on January 6th. And as the story goes, this, uh, this individual, it was two individuals, had arrived just, just uh, shy of 3 p.m., on January 6th, seeing a bunch of people walking around, no fighting, doors were open, cops were waving people in, and they walked around and looked around and didn't really know what was going on, walked through the door by themselves, looked around and then left. And that was it. And now they're facing a year in prison. Kid you not. That's it. There were no barricades. There were no signs. There were no cops saying, don't come here. It was literally just open doors and people walking around and Clueless individuals who had no idea what was happening, and they're going to get locked up. This officer responds to the scene of a belligerent man resisting arrest, George Floyd. Perceivably on drugs, he was chewing on a speedball. They found him uh, under the influence behind the wheel of a car, and he started resisting. This cop shows up and they say, hey, just hold back the crowd. And that's all he does. He has no idea what's happening. He's not looking at them kneeling on George Floyd. He doesn't know what they're doing or what's happening. He's just trying to stop an unruly crowd. And now he gets to go to prison. Abject evil, my friends. We have the video here. A Minneapolis judge sentenced Tao Tao to because uh, he held back bystanders, I guess. So um, part of this makes me happy. Yeah, I really do. I really do mean it because I have I am, I am just so over sympathizing with people who join these police departments. I've had cops in these big Democrat run cities treat me like trash. I have been uh, 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 I was given if you know, uh, you, you guys know my story from Chicago. I wasn't speeding. I was exiting off of Lakeshore Drive in Chicago at Belmont. So I was slowing down and uh, a cop pulled me over, lied and accused me of going 20 over. I wasn't. And then because of that ticket, my license got suspended for like two years. 
It's like what happens is the license gets suspended for, I think it's like three months. But then because I didn't know that uh, getting this ticket would suspend my license, I got charged with driving on a suspended license. I got to take what am I supposed to do? Stop going to my job. So I have very little sympathy for these callous, remorseless police officers who serve this evil machine in Democrat run cities. Now, hold on there a minute. Y'all might be saying, hey, man, not all cops are bad, blah, blah, blah. Oh, you're correct. In the small town, you got good cops. Where we are now, these cops are all like local dudes we know, and they're good people. I bump into a cop and he's like, hey, man, good to see you. And they've tried really hard to help us because it's like our neighbors. Our neighbors are here and they're and, and they care about us. But in big cities, these cops, they don't know you. They don't care about you. That's it. It's just a big, faceless, corrupt machine. Now, look, I don't like that this guy's going to prison for basically doing nothing. But you know what? At a certain point, when you are in service of these leftist institutions, when you have BLM going to people's homes in in, in Wisconsin and setting fire to it, and this happened twice, then this crowd shows up to another guy's house. They're screaming and they're yelling and he brandishes a firearm. He should have done it. Don't get me wrong. But he's in his own home. The cops come and arrest him. So when a violent mob shows up, they had previously set fire twice to a house. You better not do anything to defend yourself because we'll come and arrest you. I warned this. I said this years ago. These people in these homes, these, the, I, I'm, there's, you know, it breaks my heart. These people think that as the mob marches down the street, If they just keep their heads down, the mob will pass them over. Just paint a rainbow over your door and the mob passes by your house. Hey, partly true. We've seen those photos from I think it was the G20 in Hamburg where you've got all of the storefronts smashed out, save one right in the middle. And what did that one store do? They put a communist fist in the window. Go to Oakland, one of the most dangerous cities in the country. And what do you find? Many of the businesses in Oakland have signs on their windows supporting far left extremism because they're hoping the far left extremists will pass them over. Pathetic, pathetic. You know, so we're opening this uh, coffee shop. We're opening this coffee shop and it's uh, it's in MAGA country. Don't get me wrong, but there is leftist elements all over the place. And I am going to fly Molon Labe banners. I'm going to put the Gonzalez flag right above the door. Come and take it. We're going to have, you know, maybe maybe a a Trump 2024 thing. I'm not like the staunchest of Trump supporters. I'm going to vote for him because I want to see him fire people. But I think for the most part, the cultural ideas matter more to me than supporting any any political candidate or anything like that. And then we'll see what happens. I'm not going to hide from it. You can come to my place of business and you can see what happens in MAGA country when you want to act a fool. It ain't going to be pretty. Because like I mentioned, you got cops out here, they do better. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. I've, I've mentioned this before. You got these all ages drag shows happening out here and the cops ain't doing nothing about it. And that makes me angry. And the prosecutors probably support it. So we've got to push back on this, this evil encroaching into our country. Take a look at this from CNN. I love this. CNN tweeted. Amid a surge in crime in Oakland, California, police have advised residents to use air horns to alert neighbors to intruders and add security bars to their doors and windows. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, when they come for you with the intent on killing, raping and murdering, just take out your hand and go. 
<laughs> I'm sure that'll keep you safe. Well, I suppose it can hurt the ears of the individual who's trying to murder you. We got Elijah Schaefer who said, what would you rather have during a home invasion? MSM sanctioned air horn or MSM hated AR-15? Well, I got to tell you, if it was between the two, I would have to go with the AR-15. However, there are many uh, uh, weapons to choose from. I prefer, uh, you know, for me, in a building, I don't, I, I don't necessarily, look, AR-15 is pretty good. Don't get me wrong. Good, you know, depending on the uh, type of ammo you're using. I'd probably want to use something like a, an AR style nine millimeter pistol um, with, you know, hollow point or frangible rounds. I, I'm not an expert on this stuff, but my view is, you know, I just talked to a few guys and uh, you're in a house, you know, you've got narrow corridors. I don't know if you want to be holding a long, like a rifle with, a, with like a longer barrel, like pistols, probably better AR style. So it's a, a bit bigger than, say, like a Glock or something. That's my opinion if I had to make the choice. But uh, OK, OK, now I'm just being nitpicky. If it came down to it, um, I'd, I'd probably say I, I don't want an air horn. Uh, actually, I'm a big fan of the governor, you know, and this is the one it can take uh, 45 ACP if you're using uh, moon clips. Uh, and it can also take 45 long, I believe, but also 410 shotgun shells. And <laughs> oh, boy. But uh, with with the uh, with the shotgun shells, we've got um, we've got these defensive slugs. So they've got uh, it, it's it's like a slug. And then I think like four buckshot behind it. But you can also put like turkey shot and stuff like that in it. So it really depends on what you're trying to do. And Dave Chappelle talks about this, that you got to talk to someone who's better when it comes to uh, home defense. And you definitely don't want to be doing any of this in a place like Oakland, California. But uh, what, what did Dave Chappelle say? Birdshot, buckshot, bird. It's like birdshot, birdshot, buckshot, birdshot, buckshot or whatever. Because we're, that shows Dave's a reasonable guy. And that's why I'm saying the governor, your close quarters, you got something smaller, you got you've got uh, it can hold six shells or, or rounds. And what you could possibly do is, you know, the first rounds are effective warnings with turkey shot or some or, or you know, game shot like game load. They're, they're not going to seriously, you know, harm or take someone's life. And probably scare them off. But I, I got to tell you, you know, I talk about this sometimes and people say you're wrong, Tim. You've got to use direct force immediately because you don't know what the intentions of these individuals are. And if you try and defend yourself, they could they could take your life. So I get that. So I always say, you know, we, 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 we take self-defense seriously. Make sure you're always abiding by the law. Um, but, you know, for those that are in California, yeah, perhaps you'll just have to use an air horn. Good luck living in one of the most dangerous cities in the country and having an air horn to defend yourselves. Democrats propose 1,000% tax on assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. And by high-capacity, they mean low-capacity. Isn't that funny? This is where we're at. Alleged thief in viral 7-Eleven beatdown stole two other times, and the workers are being probed for assault. So I tell you, my friends, hey, hey, don't try that in a small town, says Jason Aldean. Look, I like the song. I get it. But let's be real. Well, not only have they tried it in a small town, they got away with it in a small town. Michael Tracy has what I, what I think is one of the most important bits of journalism that we've seen in a very long time. July 26, 2020, he says two months since the riots and still no national conversation. Abject evil, unquestionable. Black Lives Matter, the George Floyd riders and the leftists are abject evil. They are demonic individuals. They are evil. They seek to steal and I have, I have like, dude, look, the leaders of this, I believe, are evil people. They want power. They, they, 
These are the kind of people that in the fall of the Soviet Union became the oligarchs. They went around with guns, stealing, seizing property and taking over. They then have their NPC drones who march in lockstep behind them. This is always how evil regimes come to be. You've got you've got Stalin. You've got uh, you've uh, name a dictatorship. Nazi Germany, that's the obvious one everyone always defaults to. But the question is, how did these people salute this guy? How were there so few in resistance in Germany? There were. You ever see that movie Valkyrie, I think it was called? Tom Cruise plays this officer who tries to assassinate Hitler. Like there were people who knew what was happening was crazy and wrong. And you have, unfortunately, the the banality of evil marching behind those who are truly depraved. And this is what we saw. Now, these photos that Michael Tracy got, it's crazy. Here's your small town. Here's your here's your your small town where the boarded up windows with uh, everywhere, just mass riding everywhere. Justice for Brianna. They're in on it. F12 people were spray painting and vandalizing. There's some saying, let me see if I can find this. Please don't hurt us. What does this one say? Um, You must have a mask on. (laughs) Black owned business. They put that sign in the window because they're hoping you don't destroy their lives. They're begging you. They're begging you. Here's another one that says black owned. They, they're saying, please, please don't hurt us. There's one word actually says, please don't hurt us. We support Black Lives Matter. Please don't hurt us. Beg, beg for more in your small town. Beg them. Get on your knees, you pathetic coward and beg them. That's what we are seeing with this. The people who know, there's nothing you can do. Abject evil is in control. If you go out and there is a man who is chewing on meth, what is it? Speedball's speedbelt's fentanyl and meth? I could be wrong. He's behind the wheel of a car. You better let him drive that car, officer, lest you go to prison for the rest of your life. This Tao Tao guy, he got sentenced to like four years at, federal, at the federal level for deprivation of rights. And now he's getting another five years. Was he's going away for like nine or so? I think it might be. I might. I might be getting the number wrong. I think it was like seven. Maybe it's three and it's so so seven and a half to eight eight years in prison. There you go, buddy. There you go, buddy. And what's the point? What's what? what why are they doing it? I mean, one argument is that they want these cops to quit so that they can get their cops in. We've seen in California they're doing these like social worker things. The system is being gutted and ripped apart. But I got no sympathy for these cities. You know, my friends, people laugh and scoff at the idea of civil war. And there are a lot of people who just don't believe it could happen. Perhaps they're correct because it's a revolution. From the Concord Monitor, Vivek Ramaswamy proposes new American revolution during Concord Town Hall. And he said this more than once. He says, you can't have reform. He says, do you want incremental reform in this country or do you want revolution? I stand on the side of the American Revolution, those 1776 ideals. I believe the moment for incremental reform has long passed if it ever existed. I like this guy. <laughs> I like Vivek Ramaswamy. And I saw that and I said, you know what? He's right. We need revolution. And I suppose it's the fourth turning, Strassau generational theory, that we cannot just sit by and think we can sit, sit on what once was that doesn't exist anymore. The left has infiltrated institutions. They've destroyed it. And they are holding positions of power and they are setting fire to our cities. Their criminals are being let go and the innocent are being imprisoned. People on January 6th who had no idea what was going on, who were never given a warning as required for any trespassing charge. What you have in D.C. is an occupying force. 
And you know what? People would say it's a figurative thing. It is not. It is overt and abject evil seeking to imprison their ideological opponents. And they and and, and it's happening. Yet in these cities, it is the police officers who go to prison. In D.C., it is the bumbling dotards who walked into a building confused who are going to prison. And of course, there are people who are fighting and violent. Those people should be locked up. But I speak of those who shut up an hour, two hours later, three hours later, having no idea any of that happened. And all they see is people walking around. And they say it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Ignorance of the law is no excuse for breaking it. So these people are going to get locked up. And I, don't, I, don't, I don't see how we, this, this, this system can, can, can carry on. It can't. So here's what's going to happen. Either Donald Trump gets elected, maybe Vivek Ramaswamy, and we have hard and dramatic change in this country to restore classically liberal ideals, or the left takes over this country and you get communism. I don't see a path towards some happy middle ground where we just carry on. It's, it seems impossible. And so there are people who say there's no civil war. Well, good luck. Enjoy your time in prison. Why don't you put the BLM sign on on the front of your business? How about when the when the rioters and the mob comes to your business, you get on your knees and you lick their feet? Lick. Come on. You put the sign in the window already. Because that's what you're going to have to do. The police won't be there to save you. It's going to be the culture police who come by and say, why aren't you tithing? You know, this already happened in, I believe it was Louisville. Black Lives Matter went business to business and said, you're going to give us 9% of all your revenue or else. And when they didn't, there was one, uh, I think it was a Mexican restaurant. Might have been, I think it was a Cuban restaurant. They smashed one of the pots in front of the business saying, this is what happens when you don't pay. Really interesting, isn't it? I say it's abject evil. And it's happening right before our very eyes. You can stay in these towns and try to defend them and, and bring this change about, and you may end up going to prison for the rest of your life. I don't know. I don't want to come down on anybody who's trying to stand firm in their cities and prevent this takeover. We've long been saying, you know, Jack Posobiec and I and many others get out of these cities to be safe. Do what you think is right. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. I truly thought this story was on the way out. The Bud Light boycott, the Anheuser-Busch boycott, the sales decline. I thought for the most part that we had concluded this arc. Bud Light sponsors Dylan Mulvaney. There's a big backlash. They suffer the consequences of it. We carry on. My friends, I have speculated the long-term damage of the Bud Light brand of Anheuser-Busch and hoped, don't think it's possible, that Anheuser-Busch would collapse because of this slight against its own customer base. And I don't think it's entirely possible. And I said, yeah, it'll probably never happen. But now we are seeing evidence it may happen, or at least the likelihood is increasing. Anheuser-Busch now being forced to sell off several beer brands. Holy crap, my friends. Anheuser-Busch, because of the massive collapse in sales across the board, are selling several of their brands. Their portfolio is shrinking. AB InBev is reeling from this. And no amount of Joe Rogan drinking Bud Light is going to save him. Take a look at this story from the Daily Caller. The collapse has just ratcheted up. 
Anheuser-Busch InBev will be selling eight craft beer brands to Tilray Brands, according to a Monday announcement from the anti-American beer giant. I love how they say anti-American. The move will cut AB InBev's craft beer portfolio significantly. Tilray, a Canadian cannabis company, will be purchasing Shocktop, Breckenridge, Blue Point, Ten Barrel, Red Hook, Wow, Widmer Brothers, Square Mile Cider, and Highball Energy. They're selling Highball. Wow. The deal's expected to be finalized September for $85 million. And that's not even a lot of money. In addition to the beer brands, Anheuser-Busch will also be selling off the brand's employees, breweries, and associated brew pubs. In other words, the disaster just got even more disastrous for Bud Light's umbrella company. We hit a new low, ladies and gentlemen. Ever since Del Mulvaney's disaster, we've seen Anheuser-Busch and their brands, in particular Bud Light and Budweiser, utterly collapse. And over time, things have only gotten worse. In fact, they're selling these brands to a, <laughs> wow, to a cannabis company. Anheuser-Busch truly has fallen, ladies and gentlemen, from having America's favorite beer to now selling several of their brands to a weed company, a Canadian weed company, no less. But my friends, there's more. It's not just that. And the latest from last night, Bud Light sinks another 26%. You know what? Good. Good. I'm glad. I just, I know you love it. I love it. Because I can tell you this, Anheuser-Busch could have apologized. They could have said, we should have never sponsored this person. Have a nice day. Instead, they said, screw you. You're stupid. Take a look at this horse running towards New York City. Boy, how how much they insult all of us. Now, okay, okay, to be fair, I don't drink their garbage piss water. I don't drink beer as it is. Uh, I don't, what is it? I actually don't drink very often. I, I typically do not drink, but when I do, I prefer yingling. Thought I was going to say something else, huh? New York Post says, Bud Light sales continued to tank in the wake of the Dylan Mulvaney fiasco, while the tarnished brand's rivals keep swiping away at market share, according to the latest data. The Anheuser-Busch's brand sales plunged by 25.9% during the week ending July 29th, extending the downward spiral since Bud Light's ill-fitted tie-up with Dylan Mulvaney. Bud Light has been dethroned. Now we've got Modelo Especial. And you know what? I'm a big fan of Modelo as well. No, for real, like I like Yingling. It really is fantastic. If I'm going to be having any kind of beer, it's typically that. And um, depending, I actually uh, like Modelo quite a bit. So I'm not a big beer drinker, but uh, uh, for a variety of reasons, Yingling tends to be the beer of choice, mainly because they posted a picture of a beer in front of an American flag. You can't really get them outside of the East Coast and like, you know, uh, Pennsylvania and stuff like that. And so Modelo is a good number, too, depending on where I'm at. They say Bud Light controls an 8.4% market share compared with Modelo's 8.2, the Constellation-owned brand, which posted a 14.8% increase in sales. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Modelo is up 15% last week. Isn't the only beneficiary of Bud Light's demise. Coors Light's up 20, Miller Light 19.25, and Yingling is up 22.5. Yingling, you gotta start distributing your beer nationwide. Everybody loves you. <laughs> There was this event where um, Yingling sponsors a venue. The venue is having an all-ages drag show. M viewers of, of Timcast IRL commented like, hey, what's up? I tweeted about it. Yingling immediately comes out and they're like, hey, we just sponsored the venue, not the event, but we talked to them. They're going to make it 18 plus. And we were like, dude, Yingling, you rock. You know, because 
We're not here to tell people they can't have drag shows. We're here to say this is not appropriate for kids. Stop the erosion. Right. And so they just said, OK, adults only. And we were like based. <laughs> Good. Anheuser-Busch reported that revenue has taken a nearly $400 million hit since the backlash began in its latest quarterly earning released last week. The situation hasn't gotten any worse, nor has it gotten better for Bud Light, Williams said. On July 27th, Anheuser-Busch laid off 400 employees, 2% of its workforce due to restructuring. Anheuser-Busch CEO said, while we never take these decisions lightly, we want to ensure that our organization continues to be set for future long-term success. Well, too bad, too bad. Many Anheuser-Busch distributors say they don't expect to win back customers who have left. Consumers have made a choice. An executive at a Texas-based beer distributor who did not want to be identified told The Post, they have left Bud Light and that's how it's going to be. I don't envision a big percentage of them coming back. They won't. Uh Uh-oh. Bud Light now being roasted for sponsoring a band. And this band's going to go down in flames. Sorry, guys. Midland? I never even heard of them. Um, I'm not a big country music guy, so I'm not trying to drag them. I'm saying I don't know who they are. But yo, anything that touches Bud Light is toxic. The left will not support a beer brand. They force companies to bend the knee, but they don't buy the products. So Bud Light decided to side with people who are not customers, and now they can reap what they have sown. Take a look at this story. Midland, what are you guys thinking? Bud Light's competition partnership with country music band Midland has been met with criticism and derision on Twitter amid an ongoing boycott of the beer brand. I have to imagine that Bud Light paid a ridiculous amount of money to this band because nobody wants to be involved. The beer brand has been under fire since the beginning of April, since, yeah, we all know. So here's the here's here's the ad. Bud Light Backyard Tour. Enter for a chance to win two concert tickets. Midland, Oklahoma City, August 15th. Now, I don't know much about these here fellers. They look like they're uh, quite dapper with their fancy little uh, cowboy suits. And uh, he's got a toothpick, I think, in his hand. And uh, maybe they're cool dudes. I don't know. But, uh, yo, you're you're burning yourself to the ground, Midland. What are you doing? Look at this one. Quote, just canceled my tickets. An ex-subscriber commented. Bud Light being a sponsor, I am out. Refund time. Another person responded by sharing a clip of two Bud Light bottles described as a few stragglers in the basement fridge being smashed with a brick. While the majority of the comments toward Bud Light appeared to have been negative, some users expressed their excitement for the competition. I don't know who Midland is. Do you guys know who Midland? Let me look up Midland Band. And uh, I'm not familiar. And again, I'm not saying that to drag them or anything like that. Maybe you guys know who they are. Here's Midland. American country music group formed in 2014 in Dripping Springs, Texas. They got uh, Mark Weistrach. They were formed uh, 2016. The uh, trio signed to Big Machine Records. And I don't know anything about them. They got any big hits? Hey, look at this one. They have a a studio album called Let It Roll. uh, Peaked at number 16. Good for them, man. No, for real, I mean it. On the Rocks peaked at uh, number 20. That's that's fantastic. Uh, Here we go. Their latest album released. It did not chart. It did hit the country music charts at 37. And I wonder if that's it right there. So this was released May 6, 2022. Their first album was number two in, co- in the country category, number one in, uh, in country. Number 20, uh, their first album uh, uh, in the U.S. for all albums. That's amazing. They sold 112,000 copies, certified gold. Their second album reached number 16, but only sold 41,000 copies. Whoa, think about what that means. That's kind of crazy, actually. They improved, but sold less. People aren't buying albums anymore. That's crazy. And their last, but here's the crazy thing, and this explains it. All right, I'm going to have to rag on these guys a little bit. 
If you only needed 41,000 sales to reach number 16, and it's going down, the amount of the amount of sales you need to reach higher in the charts is going down, and you released an album on May 6th on the same label, and you did not chart at all, I think this band is, is struggling, and so they're willing to take whatever they can get, and that means Bud Light, but my guys, yo, if you had come out critical of Bud Light, you probably would have sold more albums. All you did is kick yourselves when you're already down. But I don't know, man. I got, I got, I got no beef. Look, you guys want to align yourself with this, this awful brand that nobody likes? You, you go ahead and do it, man. Like, good luck to all you guys. I really do mean it. And I'll just tell you this. It's time to push back. That's why we're saying no to Bud Light. That's why we're supporting alternatives. That's why we support Public Square. Download the Public Square app. Because you got companies. I got this right here. Let me, let me grab this, this right here. I'll tell you what it's all about. It's all about this right here. Anthem Jerky. See, I went on Public Square. I, I said, we need snacks. You know, I see this jerky company, veteran owned, on Public Square, supporting American values. I bought a couple thousand dollars worth for the company so that people, because we, we have snacks for guests, like you got to have food and drinks for when people are hanging out. You can't just have nothing, right? And so we go, we, we go with Anthem. And I'll tell you this, you want to support music? Find bands that are not woke. Phil, from All That Remains, regular on Timcast IRL. You like, and we got music too. Tim casts music on YouTube. Check out our songs. We got more songs coming out. We don't have to, we're not, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that we're the best music in the world. I'm going to tell you we have the best products in the world. Go to castbrew.com, buy our coffee. I'm going to tell you that we are building it, <clears throat> that we are pushing back against these companies. We will create an alternative and parallel economy and give you options. Many of you may say, Tim, your coffee sucks and I hate your music. So be it. You're allowed to not like it. And many of you may say, you know what? I do like it. You know what that means? Those of you that like our cast brew coffee and listen to Tim cast music, that's one less person not buying from the woke companies, one less person not listening to woke music. And that's how we win. Grains of sand, they make the heap. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. There was once something called the intellectual dark web. A group of academics and thinkers speaking online about wokeness, free speech, political issues. And now it's fractured. We have this clip of Sam Harris, which is sparking a bit of controversy. Alexandros Marinos says, say a prayer for Sam Harris. He started to really lose touch with reality. He seems to be claiming that Joe Rogan thought COVID was no big deal when in fact the press came after him for the drugs he took in the process of treating it immediately. I saw this. I thought it was interesting. Sam Harris seems to be strawmanning his political opponents by trying to maintain some position among left liberals. I'll give you my thoughts on the intellectual dark web and where we're currently at. A lot of people don't like Dave Rubin. I like Dave. Dave's a cool dude. Uh, a lot of people don't think Dave's genuine. I have talked to Dave. I, he believes the things that he says. Perhaps there are some criticisms of him not fleshing out his ideas properly or reading more into them, notably when he was on Joe Rogan and didn't really have an in-depth view of building regulations. And he got kind of roasted for that. But I, I've talked to Dave since then, and I'm kind of like, yeah, I think he, he's read a lot and he really does believe what he uh, what he says. Then you have Brett Weinstein, who's talked quite a bit about mRNA vaccines and ivermectin. And I disagree uh, not that I'm a virologist, evolutionary biologist or scientist or anything like this, 
But I think Sam Harris does have an interesting point to be made, albeit he's mostly wrong. I think what we're seeing here is Sam actually has a decent point in the echo, what do you call it, audience capture echo chamber that people experience. I think a lot of people are susceptible to this, but I think you would be incorrect as a whole to accuse Brett Weinstein of being captured by his audience or Joe Rogan of being captured by his audience simply because they say things you disagree with. That is to say, audience capture is a real thing. But here's what I ultimately believe. While there's some truth to be said in Sam Harris's positions, I believe that Sam Harris, for the most part, is trying to maintain some kind of acceptance among the woke liberal and neoliberal groups. Therefore, he's creating this situation that makes literally no sense and exists only in his own mind. It's very weird. But let me play for you this clip. It's a minute and a half long. And then I'll talk to you about what I mean. Take a listen. Uh, I always have to make sure the audio is properly set. And here we go. I think the thing that got into my head is someone sent me a clip from Joe Rogan's podcast where he and Joe were talking about me and Jordan seemed to be talking about me as like a cautionary tale, like, look what can happen to somebody. And and Joe said something like, oh, I still have hope for Sam. And they're, in my view, they are in this contrarian echo chamber, right, where, you know, mRNA vaccines are terrifying. COVID was no big deal. Tr- January 6th was maybe a non-event, right? Um, the libtards are trying to ru- ruin everything. And there's a whole picture of sort of audience capture and and information skewing there, which I understand. I mean, that's sort of how, ha- like, if I look to my left, I can see all that. Uh, but if you're only there, there's just a lot of half-truths, you know, kind of rico- ricocheting around that echo chamber, which, um, yeah, I mean, it's, I'm happy to talk to both those guys, but it's just they're not in the... In, in the lane I'm in and trying to maintain, you know, uh, despite crosswinds, uh, trying to maintain a, a straight course in, there's a, that's only half the story, right? So it's, um, and I just think people are genuinely confused now because two things are true. We have lost trust in the, the normal channels of information and, in, and normal institutions post-COVID, you know, during COVID and, and post-COVID. Um, for obvious reasons, but we desperately need institutions and a media that we can trust. He is correct in that regard. We desperately need media and institutions we we can trust, and we're creating them. I believe that one of the most powerful institutions today that you can trust is Joe Rogan. And obviously, I'm not trying to insinuate that he is an academic institution like a university. He is a podcast. But Joe reads a lot. Joe watches a lot. Joe is not right about everything. In fact, Joe is quite wrong on a lot of things. But Joe is honest and tries to understand what he's witnessing and what he sees. This is why people like his show. Plus, it's fun, entertaining, and funny. Sam Harris is a kind of version of this, but is a plastic version of this. This is what I see. Brett Weinstein responded. Uh, Actually, I think, uh, do we have the, yes, he said, Sam Harris seems to be willing to talk to everyone but me about this, which reveals the shallowness of his excuse. And I think this exemplifies where we we currently are in the what I would call the walking corpse phase of the intellectual dark web. He says uh, someone responded, says, as Sam has said, he doesn't want to spend his time with just asking questions crowd and prefers experts in the field. Experts in the field 
is garbled nonsense. And it's an excuse, in my view. Sam Harris needs to sit down with someone like Brett or Joe and actually have a real conversation or Jordan, but he doesn't do it. Brett said capture is a wicked problem. At some point, Sam Harris is going to realize that listening to experts in the field is what wrecked his credibility. I'm sure that will leave him asking a great many questions. And that brings me to this article from the Daily Beast. The intellectual dark web's descent into paranoia and Trumpism from January. And this is exactly what Sam Harris was trying to accomplish. Praise from the Daily Beast and the neoliberal establishment over honesty and truth. Whereas Joe Rogan is wrong about quite a bit, and so is Sam Harris, Joe Rogan is honest about his approaches. Brett Weinstein is honest about his approaches. Sam Harris is a sophist. He manipulates and he tries to justify his positions through lies. And that's where we see the walking corpse of the intellectual dark web. I certainly think that there are things Joe Rogan and Brett Weinstein are wrong about. I am not a proponent of ivermectin. I do not believe they have proven their case for either of this. I have deep respect for both individuals. I talked to Joe Rogan about this. I expressed my disagreement. He expressed his disagreement with my disagreement. And then we moved on because we are sane adults. I'm absolutely willing to sit down and talk with these individuals. And of course, Joe Rogan can come on my show whenever he wants. And I would gladly accept any invite anytime to go on his show, uh, albeit trying to make it work schedule wise. And uh, we're, we, we would love to have Brett on the show to talk about all of this. When it comes to ivermectin, my view is you do have audience capture and echo chamber where people genuinely believe a thing. But I can only say, as someone who's not a medical doctor nor a scientist, I looked at all the data and all the reporting. I tried to weigh them as fairly as possible. And I just I don't see definitive proof of any of this. You're allowed to believe what you want. And by all means, I'm probably wrong. I'm not a doctor. Go talk to a doctor. But Sam Harris takes the inverted view of this. He says things like Joe Rogan said COVID was no big deal. What? Joe didn't say that. Joe was taking medicine for it. Joe was advocating for medication for it. Joe helped me when I got COVID. He took it very seriously. You see, there lies the point. This is what I don't like about Sam Harris. I think that his goal in all of this, I think what he saw when the intellectual dark web started gaining prominence, he was doing what he has always done, as many people have, calling out what appears to be true and what appears to be fake. He was critical of of Islam and calling out their more extreme tendencies. He was speaking for what people were seeing and feeling. But then something shifted. The narrative machine in the establishment wanted people to go a different direction. And Sam realized that if he was on the other side of this, he'd be an other. So he opted to lie, cheat and steal to maintain that position, to strawman his political opponents and try and maintain some neoliberal credibility for which he has maintained. Thank you, Daily Beast accusing everyone else of being wrong. But in doing so, what does he engage in? Sophistry, creating fake positions not held by his opponents to justify his academic statements on on, on why, you know, this audience capture is a very, very bad thing. I can't stand these people. I like reality. In reality, there are people who are smart, but you don't need to say massive, obscure words You don't need to refer to words people don't quite understand to convey the ideas that you're trying to convey. And this is what we get from these academics. In an effort to sound more credible like experts in the field, they will use obscure words most people don't know. So it sounds like they're smart, but that actually doesn't convey an idea to anybody. And that shows you the shallowness of what it is that Sam Harris has been doing. 
He wants to be an expert, an academic, a true, a true enlightened individual. But instead, all he's doing is creating the air of one. He doesn't actually debate the ideas of Joe Rogan or Brett or Jordan Peterson. He simply creates a straw man of them without actually engaging with them and then says, I would absolutely talk to these individuals and then does not do it. That is the walking corpse of the intellectual dark web. But perhaps there's an opportunity to move forward and reinvigorate much of this conversation. In this, I will levy some criticisms myself towards these uh, individuals. I think Jordan Peterson has uh, uh, gone off the rails quite a bit. Big fan, by the way. And I'm not trying to say he's wrong about everything. I think Jordan Peterson's fantastic. I think he's a massive net positive. I think he's brilliant. But yo, the Joker posts. It's like he's just posting the Joker nonstop. Like, bro, where yet? Where yet? Joe Rogan. Uh, actually, I have very little to criticize Joe over, to be completely honest. I disagree with him on ivermectin um, and, and, and a lot of, a lot of uh, you know, medical stuff or whatever. But uh, yeah, Joe, Joe is an honest guy. He's, he, he's not an academic. He's a comedian. He, he reads. He tries. He's smart. He's hardworking. And uh, I got no real issues with that. Uh, Brett Weinstein, I, I would say very, very uh, similarly. So I, I have little to actually he- heavily criticize them on. Uh, Jordan Peterson with the Joker posts, I'll, I'll give some criticism. You got to tone it down a little bit, buddy. But uh, for all of them, I think they've adopted positions that I disagree with. And that's about all I can say in terms of criticism. It's not a strong criticism of character. It's a criticism of I disagree and I would love to have a conversation discussing these things. But ultimately, I suppose the point in this is just it's frustrating to see this. And Sam Harris, I guess maybe I didn't make my point very clear or I, I don't feel like I did. Sam Harris is the embodiment of those who are desperate to be in the machine. He's a smart guy. He knows what he's doing. And I would say this is the grift. That's what it is. Accuse your opponents of being unhinged and paranoid Trumpists so that you can maintain your connection to the machine. It's sad and it's pathetic. I am not a fan. But perhaps Sam can find his experts in the field to discuss this with outside of the people he used to discuss this with. And there you have it. This is the nature of the machine that we are in. You have many, many people who are prominent personalities and quote unquote experts in the field who will say whatever they have to say to appear smart, but to maintain their status in the cult. And that's Sam. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. I believe that the future is going to be substantially more conservative in this country, and the math is fairly simple. Liberals are more likely to abort their own children, sterilize their children, or sterilize themselves. Now, many have argued that the way around this for the left is to indoctrinate conservative kids and make them more left-leaning, and that is a possibility, except the right is pushing back to a great degree, getting many of these graphic books removed from schools, calling out these curriculums, allowing parents more rights. And the left, of course, is freaking out about it. This story I have for you is a story of desperation on the part of the left. From TimCast.com, Massachusetts bans couple from fostering children because of conservative Catholic beliefs on marriage and gender. That's right. Mike and Kitty Burke filed a lawsuit against the state on August 8th for denying them the ability to foster due to their religious views. You see what I see here? You see what I see here. And you probably see the same thing. These Democrat-run institutions are terrified that having conservatives raise kids will exacerbate their already in-crisis moment. They're not having enough kids to perpetuate their ideas. Conservatives are. 
And if conservatives start fostering children, and they do, and they're more likely to, the future will be conservative. Quote, Mike and Kitty Burke are a Catholic couple from Massachusetts who have long wanted to become parents. Beckett Law, who is representing the Burks, said in a press release about the case, Mike is an Iraq war veteran. Kitty is a former paraprofessional for special needs children. And together, they run a small business and perform music for Massachusetts. Unfortunately, the Burks learned early on in their marriage that they would not be able to have children of their own. Mike and Kitty began exploring becoming foster parents through the state's foster care program with the hopes of caring for and eventually adopting children in need of a stable, loving home like theirs. There's currently a shortage of foster families in the state and over 1,500 children without foster families. The law firm noted the crisis has become so extreme that the state has resorted to housing children in hospitals for weeks on end, not because the children need medical attention, but because the Commonwealth has nowhere else to put them. Now more than ever, Massachusetts needs loving couples like the Burks to foster children in need. The couple completed hours of training in 2022 and underwent extensive interviews and a home study to qualify for the foster program. Throughout the process, Mike and Kitty emphasized their willingness to foster children from diverse backgrounds and with special needs. They expressed their openness to fostering sibling groups as well, so that children in need could maintain those critical family ties. In all respects, the Burks were an ideal foster family. During the home interviews, the Burks noticed that many of the questions that they were asked were being asked focused on their Catholic views regarding sexual orientation, marriage, and gender dysphoria. The couple insisted that they would love any, they would love and accept any child, no matter their sexual orientation or struggles with gender identity. However, because Mike and Kitty said they would continue to hold their religious beliefs about gender and human sexuality, Massachusetts denied them a license to foster any child because, as the reviewer put it, their faith is not supportive and neither are they. Federal law protects the ability of religious people and organizations to foster children in need without having to forfeit their beliefs. Because Massachusetts was unwilling to uphold law, including its own foster parent Bill of Rights, Beckett is going to court to enforce them, the law firm said. The 132-page complaint requests the court declare that the First and Fourteenth Amendment of the U.S. Constitution require defendants to cease discriminating against plaintiffs and those who share plaintiffs' religious beliefs on the basis of their religious beliefs, exercise, and expression. They are also seeking attorney's fees and nominal and compensatory damages. I also believe there's probably a claim under the Civil Rights Act, which protects religion. But as you can see, my friends, the left is scared. That's right. They don't want conservatives, Christians, raising children because they know they are losing. They are going after your children. There's a funny meme. It says, how come you keep trying to read books to kids and not, you know, the elderly or special needs? Making a reference to Drag Queen Story Hour. Now, of course, there have been stories about drag queens reading books to all sorts of people. But the big news and what we see the big push on is not Drag Queen Story Hour for the retirees, because no one cares about that. If somebody wants to be entertained and they're an adult, that's fine. It's the indoctrination of children. So I certainly think there's good news to be seen here. While the story itself is quite troubling, I think in the end it shows the desperation of the left and that the future ain't going to be nearly as bad. I want to show you the future the left wants for you. From the Daily Mail. Shocking moment. Woman cries for help laying in San Diego street as man walks away after appearing to steal her pink bike while no one comes to her rescue. 
Video posted online shows a woman apparently brawling with a man before he grabs a pink bike by its handlebars and seat and calmly walks away. Help me, help me, somebody help me, but nobody comes. As the man turns the corner, the woman comes back in a frame trying to chase after him with just one sneaker on. That's the future they want for you. There's another video going around. Everyone's making fun of these people. It says, this is Ohio for you. Two, two people get out of a car, a man and a woman, and a fat woman gets out of the fr- a car in front and they're yelling at each other. Someone's filming the whole thing. The woman who gets out of the car in the rear says, call the cops. She threw something at us. And you know what I love about this video? The person filming ignores her, just keeps filming. That's it. It's remarkable. Someone says, please call the police. She threw something at our car. And the guy in his car just sits there filming on his phone, ignoring the police for help. And everyone makes fun of these people saying, oh, Ohio, you're all so crazy. Yeah, what a crazy world. There was a woman who was raped on a train in, I believe it was Philadelphia, and people pulled out their phones and filmed it. That's what you can expect from your from your neighbors. That's the future you can expect to live in. Now, me, I'm not a conservative Christian, although with the left, they keep claiming anybody who doesn't agree with their crackpot worldview is a conservative, I guess. They're revolutionary, so of course they'd feel that way. But among conservatives, they say I'm not a conservative. But I would certainly prefer Christian parents raising kids as opposed to crackpot pedos, groomers and woke leftists raising kids because they're hurting children. Not every single one. Some, I assume, are good people. But for the most part, you get some really bad stuff going on out here. When we look at the data, I can only tell you the desperation will get worse because it seems more and more often or more and more likely that it's going to be conservatives having kids, children being brought up by conservative families, and then the big data that young kids right now, 12th grade boys, these are, you know, seniors in, in high school skewing conservative and 12th grade girls skewing liberal. But you know what? The data suggests it's going to only get worse for all the far left because these liberal young women will start skewing conservative when they try to date. That's how it's going to be. You see, the convictions of these young men watching Andrew Tate, Jordan Peterson, Stephen Crowder, Jimmy Dore, people like me, and Jimmy's not a hard conservative, mind you, but seeing people who are strong, passionate, defiant, That's what these young men are looking up to. Someone speaking to them, telling them to feel good, to be proud. And they're going to be object oriented more so than women. These young girls of the same age are going to look for dates. And what are they going to find? Older guys who are probably going to be more conservative, more traditional and and expect and want families or younger guys who have been watching the likes of Andrew Tate and Jordan Peterson. Don't get me wrong. I'd prefer Jordan Peterson over Andrew Tate for the kids to get their inspiration from. But, uh, you know, I think the the hatred of Andrew Tate is extremely overhyped. If you look at their actual interviews, they're saying pretty good stuff. If you look at the videos they put out in a lot of these clips, albeit many of them out of context, they're saying pretty bad stuff. But for the most part, they're speaking to young men and young men are being inspired by this. Young women, if they want to date, if they want to socialize with men, They're not going to be able to accomplish it by flying pride flags. The guys are going to be like, nah, not interested. What's going to happen then? The young women who are more conservative are going to have more successful relationships. They're going to be posting their super cool Instagrams where they and their boyfriends are posting on the beach with sunglasses. These other women are going to get jealous. They're going to say, I want that. But you're not going to get it flying a progress pride flag because the boys don't care anymore. You're going to have to go and start saying what the guys want to hear. 
I talked about this the other night, and I, and I think it's mostly true. Well, it is true that a lot of guys will say whatever they need to say to get laid. That's true. What's happening now is that many of these young men are being left behind and they're not finding any social acceptance. They're finding themselves locked away in their basements. But success comes and happiness comes when they work on themselves, lift weights, lose weight, eat right. And then they, they start building community with each other. They find something of value. Maybe they go to a lecture or an event. They meet people like them. They form a community. And these young women, they want to socialize as well. They're on Instagram. They are being indoctrinated by these. Everyone is by the algorithms. But something interesting is happening. These young women are going to be heavily influenced more so than men because we see this in the data. Young women are heavily influenced by social media more so than men. Men are going to watch the videos, become more conservative, post with their awesome girlfriends on the beach, on the mountains, on an adventure. And the women who are woke are going to miss out. They're going to feel FOMO. And then they're going to start posting to attract these people. We'll see. I could be wrong, but I certainly think that'll be the case. In the meantime, expect the left to get more and more desperate and thrash about in ways like this. I'll leave it. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then.